0: Hey everyone, it's Allison here with New Little Life. I'm an internationally board certified lactation counselor, a nurse, a doula, and a mom of three little boys. Here on the New Little Life podcast, we'll talk with real moms about their breastfeeding experience, the good parts and the bad, and share real and practical advice about breastfeeding. Connect with and learn from other moms and professionals to help you meet your breastfeeding goals. Hello again. This is the fifth episode of the New Little Life podcast, and I'm really happy that you've made it this far with us. Five episodes may not seem like a lot, but that's five more than we did in 2020, so that's something. Today, I've got a great interview to share with you from Alexis, who is a naturopathic doctor and mom of one, very soon to be mom of two. Actually, since I've recorded this interview with her, she's had her second baby, and a very big congratulations to her. She's going to be talking to us today about her experience breastfeeding her first, especially with her unique medical training and also how she's prepared for her second one after having already done this once before. If you'd like to connect with her, I've got a bunch of her information down in the show notes. Before we get started today though, I just wanted to remind you that New Little Life has an online breastfeeding basics course that is available for you and can help you get started on the right foot. So if you're planning to breastfeed soon, or even if you have already started and you just want a better understanding of breastfeeding, I'll leave a link down for you in the show notes. It's basically the class that I would teach you if you took a breastfeeding class from me in real life. So now, especially where many of us have COVID restrictions and things that make it difficult to take an in-person class, this might be a good option for you. So I will leave it down there for you to explore. Okay, we've got a lot to learn from Alexis, so let's jump into today's interview. Hi, Alexis. I'm so excited to talk with you today. We were just catching up a little bit before we started, and I wish we'd had more time together, but the military had taken us apart very quickly, (laughs) so I'm excited to chat with you today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Cool. Can you start out and tell us just a little bit about yourself, your family, um, what you do? Yeah. So I'm a licensed
1: naturopathic doctor. So um, I kind of specialize in natural and holistic health. Um, I'm also a certified lactation consultant. I am soon to be a mom of two. (laughs) Any day now, um, it's possible to happen. Um, And I have uh, almost two and a half year old. um, So definitely uh, busy with balancing my own practice. Um, I have my own practice at Strong Foundations Natural Health. Um, that's where I am on Instagram and Facebook, as well as um, my website, www.strongfoundationsnaturalhealth.com. I'm also a host of a podcast um, called Mamas, Munchies, and Little Monsters. Yes, and, I love it. <laughs> if you haven't checked
0: it out yet, go listen. It's been really, really fun.
1: Um, it's a. Um, I'm a co-host with my uh, dear friend from school. She's a pediatric naturopathic doctor. So we kind of tag team a lot of different topics. Um, and she goes into depth more on the kiddo side. Sometimes I'll go into depth on the pregnancy, breastfeeding, um, adult side. Um, and so we've really enjoyed doing that. And so we're kind of – the whole theme is is families and moms and kids um, – and um, we talk a lot about kind of the foundations of health and diet and all of those natural things. So um, that's where the mamas, the munchies for diet and little monsters comes from. So <laughs> I love um, it, and it can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, I think most general Google podcasts, um, most general podcast platforms. So. Um, check us out there. And we also have an Instagram account where we post a little bit more um, information about the things we talk about. Our last one was on sleep, which is yes, super I important. just downloaded
0: it. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow while I am cleaning the house in the morning. I'm really looking forward to the sleep one.
1: Yay. Um, yeah. We tend to sometimes go with some things that are um, applicable personally. <laughs> right. So being late in pregnancy, the uh, pregnancy insomnia kind of kicks in and all the worries of getting kiddos to sleep there too. So um, we definitely covered a a pretty good broad range of topics in that one. So
0: That's great. I'll put a bunch of links down in the show notes for the listeners (laughs) so they can find you. That'll be fun. Actually, just this morning, I was doing the math. My little guy is three and a half months old now. And I was doing the math on when the last time I had slept through the night was. Because I remember (laughs) the end of pregnancy, (laughs) like where you are, there was, Yeah.
1: Yeah, not too much sleep to be had, which is unfortunate since it's your last few precious moments, right? (laughs) or it feels like that.
0: (laughs) It's good preparation for after the baby comes, I guess. Yeah,
1: that's (laughs) what I try to think about. Keep it positive.
0: Well, well, great. I am really excited to chat with you about your breastfeeding experience, especially with your first one, and especially from the perspective of that you have kind of as a naturopathic doctor, but also a first-time mom. Um, I know that just comes with a lot of things too. So can you tell us a little bit about breastfeeding your first one? You could start at the beginning, um, right at the beginning with the birth if you want, (laughs) wherever you'd like would be great.
1: Yeah. So I definitely was pretty committed to um, breastfeeding. Um, Obviously, in in medical school, we go over a lot of um, the benefits both for mom and for baby. Um, As a naturopathic doctor, we talk a lot about the health of the gut. Um, and so it's really, in my mind, an important start for a baby to start out on breast milk. Um, so, you know, as a first time mom, I think we kind of head into it, um, a little rosy eyed and feeling like it can just be what happens. I want to do it. It's just gonna, it's just gonna flow. Um, given my education, um, and, um, those sorts of things. I knew that there was obviously, you know, some, some challenges that can come up as a lactation consultant. We went over, um, in my education, we went over all of those things, um, to tackle. So, um, I knew going in, but I also, I think in the back of my head had a thought, you know, like, Oh, this is just gonna happen. Um, for the most part it it was not, um, too terrible. Um, My birth, I had my child with a a midwife at a birth center, and that went wonderfully. Um, She took to breastfeeding pretty quickly. Um, We, of course, had her um, breastfeeding seconds after she was born, (laughs) at least attempting to. Um, And then a few hours later, we came home, (laughs) and I was kind of – you're kind of just – let free in the breastfeeding realm (laughs) and uh you know as a lactation consultant in the back of your head you think oh I should know everything I need to know about this um but you don't um no matter how hard you try uh it's really hard to uh breastfeed and make any sort of assessment from this angle
0: yes uh, um, I agree (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: so yeah um The first two days were a little bit rough. We had some latch issues. She was a little bit on the smaller side. So we definitely had some issues with getting a proper latch with her. And, um, you know, looking down, it was hard for me to even assess it myself, even though I knew what I was looking for. Um, So on day two, I believe, well, yeah, day two, um, I made an appointment with a lactation consultant here, um, local to me. Um, and went in, and I think it was for the morning of day three. Yeah. <laughs> and overnight, from night two to night three, um, my milk came in, and that made the latching aspect a lot easier. Um, but I still went, and I still um, got some pointers and some tips um, on what she could see that needed a little bit of improvement. Um, and she encouraged me. She did a weighted feed, um, and. You know, from that point on, it just got a little bit easier. Um, so the I didn't really have any um, issues with like cracking or bleeding, but I definitely was starting to get raw. I think if I had stayed on that trajectory, um, my my problems would not have gotten much better. So it was definitely important to reach out, um, even for someone who knows what they're looking for, and have someone give you some tips and pointers. Um, And then from there, I think um, it went pretty easy from there. Um, My goal was to let her decide when she wanted to uh, wean. Um, So we were going pretty strong still. Um, We had um, night weaned and we were doing mostly before bed and before naps. And then I got pregnant. um, So that was a little bit of a challenge, um, and we ended up kind of doing a gentle weaning process with her, um, when I was about, um, 18 weeks pregnant, um, it just got really sensitive and, um, you know, I didn't want it to turn into something that I was resenting, um, at all. So, um, and she took to it pretty well. There wasn't, um, much of a struggle really. So I think she was also at a place where she was ready to be lightly encouraged, um, So yeah, we were just under two years for um, my breastfeeding journey with my daughter. So that's great.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I love it. So you were already trained as a lactation professional before you had your baby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And had you done some work with other moms and had a little bit of experience in that area? Or were you kind of a newly trained? I can't remember your (laughs) timeline there.
1: Yeah, I still was on, um, on the more new side. Um, because I had actually finished my training about three months before we moved to Oklahoma. Okay. So I had um, not a ton of time under my belt um, working with others um in the same way i um, as my graduation for my while I was graduating and in my clinical work. Um, I definitely was on that site anyway. So I did have some work with supervisors and other doctors. And um, it's actually fairly common for naturopathic doctors to work with breastfeeding. So um, we had um, some supervisors who were well trained in it. So I had done a little bit of hands-on training and those sorts of things before I did my my coursework, and then I did the coursework, and then I moved here, and then I got pregnant. (laughs) So (laughs) I did as much as I could beforehand, um, working with other people, but I was still a little bit newer then. That's
0: great. Did you always know you kind of just were going to breastfeed? Or, you know, were you exposed to that when you were growing up as a child or youth? Or did your opinions of that kind of change when you were doing kind of your study in naturopathic medicine and stuff like that? Yeah. um,
1: I wasn't very exposed um, growing up um, or um, in my early adulthood, I want to say. As I went to school, um, I kind of figured out I wanted to do more women's health um, and kids, um, pediatrics and those sorts of things. So that's where um, kind of my interest really sprung up. And then Um, because most naturopathic doctors, um, the profession is almost exclusively women. (laughs) I was lucky enough to have um, quite a few friends um, who ended up having babies either while in school, or um, just before school, um, those sorts of things. So I was exposed more to it um, by my friends than necessarily growing up with it. Um, So yeah, I kind of, later on, I was more exposed than I was um, early on. But yeah, once we started studying the science behind it, and all of the medical aspects, um, it's definitely I was sold before, but I was even more sold after that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Did you do any prep during your pregnancy, like any classes or, you know, watching YouTube or talking with other moms? Did you feel like you needed a little bit of extra Prep during your pregnancy, or were you kind of like, I'm just gonna do this and take it one day at a time. After? Um,
1: well, <laughs> being the medical nerd that I am, <laughs> I um, took it a little bit uh, farther. So I decided that um, I would use my um, my education, um, <laughs> and um, I have a few books. I have the um, breastfeeding for the medical professional and then The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding. So I basically scoured those books in the process of writing a blog post about how to be prepared in pregnancy for breastfeeding. Oh,
0: cool. That's a great yeah. idea.
1: <laughs> so I, I often, um, when I have something that I personally want to research, um, I uh, usually kind of transform that into something like a blog post or um, a social media post or something like that. Um, I just recently did one on stress in um, how it affects fertility, pregnancy, and childhood oh, outcomes. Cool. Um, so that's just another example of when I um, I kind of take real life of what I'm experiencing, and I figure other moms are experiencing that too, and totally. I turned it into something yep. else. So. Um, that was really the only kind of preparation that I did, um, was kind of just doing a little bit of extra research and, um, looking at tips and pointers on how to kind of prepare, um, for the breastfeeding aspect of it. Um, and I can go ahead and say the number one thing that I think that is important in preparation is, um, reaching out to resources, finding the lactation consultant that you want to work with, um, if you can meet with them beforehand, um, so you're comfortable with them, um, whether or not you feel comfortable, um, you know, with your newborn going someplace to meet with someone or whether you would rather have them come into your home, but just figuring out where your resources are within your community and having that number on speed dial for when you
0: need it. (laughs) You read my mind because I was just <laughs> going to ask you if you already knew that lactation consultant that you saw, um, but I'm assuming you did because that was only day two that you called somebody.
1: Yeah. Um, so I had um, a doula who um, was wonderful. She came and gave me some advice as well. And um, and then I ended up actually going to the hospital where I did not deliver um, and seeing them there as well. So um, that was, uh, you know, I hadn't reached out to her beforehand, but it was easy to just make a quick appointment um, and to go there um, and um, just get, just get a quick second opinion. Um, and that was wonderful. She did, she did, she did great. So I'm really glad that I did that. Um, but yeah,
0: yeah. Even just knowing who to call or where to go exactly. when something comes up, I think is super important. Just having the numbers or at least the resources. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
1: exactly. And yeah. Now, yeah, knowing that I could go to the hospital and they had, um, a lactation consultant there who would take, you know, appointments. Um, that was definitely something I knew in advance and had on,
0: <laughs> had on hand. Yeah. I think that's actually really common that you don't actually have to have delivered at the hospital to utilize their lactation services. Um, I think that's really common, but I don't think people know that like, Oh, they have a lactation counselor over here, but I didn't deliver there. I delivered over here, but I feel like the lactation department is usually kind of separate from the delivery. I mean, I know they go down and see the delivery people, but you really can just call and make an appointment with, with the lactation people. They don't care. Yeah. They're there to help. So exactly. That's awesome. Do you remember anything specific that um, you were told, especially in those early days, your visit with a lactation counselor, something that really made a difference and kind of put you on a a better path? Like you said, you said changed your trajectory, I think is how you worded it. Do you remember any specific advice that you were given?
1: Yeah. So one of my favorite ones, which not, it doesn't ring true for everybody, but I really love the advice that's pretty common to not give up on a difficult day. So, when uh, yes. things get hard, um, don't make that the day that you feel like you need to give up um you know if you're if you're needing a different solution or it's really not working for you or you feel like you've tried everything, or you know there's a a a wide range of reasons why moms might need to breastfeed less or not breastfeed, um, you know, if mental health considerations, um, medications that they might need to take for their own health, those sorts of things. If any of those things are coming up, I just really remind people don't quit on a bad day. Um, You know, we can get really in our heads and really down. And I know if I had quit on my worst day, I would have definitely not I would have regretted it. I wouldn't have been happy with my decision in the future. So um, I try to remind people, just don't quit on a bad day. Um, get yourself to a, good, a better day um, if you can um, and reassess there and definitely um, talk about it. I think uh, sometimes moms are left alone to <laughs> figure all of these things out. Um, and whether that's you know talking with, Um, your spouse, your doctor, your best friend, um, talking about these concerns for new moms, um, and especially around breastfeeding, I think is really important. Um, I'm a strong believer in the fact that we didn't always have to do this all on our own. Um, We've evolved as a human population, where we had a community usually around giving birth and having children. And there's a lot of advice and help that comes along with that. Um, And when we're kind of in these isolated pods now, um, especially now with all the isolation we're required to do, um, it's really, really important for moms to reach out um, and make sure that they're getting the help that they need, um, breastfeeding or otherwise.
0: (laughs) That's perfect. I'm so glad you said that because that's, it's part of the experience and nobody is supposed to do this alone or just with your partner who doesn't yep. have a clue about breastfeeding anyway, you know, like you're not just meant to stay at home and figure it out. So yeah, that's an awesome reminder. Um, speaking of partners, was your partner supportive of your breastfeeding? Um, were they, I know some dads or husbands can feel a little bit left out. Like the mom's kind of doing everything. Do you remember any, uh, any funny things like that or, Man, tell us about that <laughs> relationship. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's always been really supportive. Um I feel uh lucky for that. Um he's always um given me whatever space or help I needed to make it work. Um my um final paper for my education for a lactation consultant was um excuse me on the laws and regulations of public breastfeeding. So (laughs) he knew that, um, that, that being able to, that women being able to breastfeed in public without being hassled was really important to me. Um, so funny little story is, is that he's always waited for somebody to like, give me, um, like say something to me or or hassle me in public if I, while I was breastfeeding, because he wanted to see, he wanted to see the mama bear come out. He's been (laughs) waiting for
0: this to happen. Yes.
1: Um, And I do remember like right when I moved here, when I was um, still pregnant, um, the local mall here in Lawton, I guess had the security had asked the mom to cover up. And oh, I
0: remember that and yes. they did a
1: nursing and I was still pregnant. And I was like, I, I really want to go, but I don't have anything to nurse. I remember
0: that. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was interesting. Yes. This, um, Yeah. The mom community there in Oklahoma was not impressed that yeah. uh, a mom had been asked to, to cover up or, or move um, who was just feeding her baby. Oh, I had forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so Yeah, so um, he has always been really great um, (laughs) with the side of just waiting for somebody to try and say something to
0: me about it. Um, Have you ever had someone say something to you about negative?
1: No, um, I haven't.
0: I know. I feel like this is a huge fear for moms. And honestly, I have had very little encounters with it as well. Um, I remember being worried the first few times you do that, but I have only had... Actually, I wanted, I'll tell you, the other day at the commissary, I went, and um, it's super awkward. There's, like, no place to feed your baby there, and my baby was hungry. It was just me and him, so I went up to the front, like, by the registers. There's, like, benches, but you're facing the registers. <laughs> it's really awkward, and I was feeding the baby, and this mom comes up, and she's like, I've totally been where you are. Can I buy you, like, a drink or a snack? Like, what oh. do you need? And I'm like, you know what? This is this is how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to encourage each other. And, um, I'm not a first time or new at this breastfeeding thing. So even if I had caught flack, I wouldn't have bothered me, but I could just picture a new mom sitting there and to have someone come up and offer such support, I thought was a really sweet, um, a sweet thing to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, in the beginning it was really hard and I tried using covers and all those things. And that just didn't it didn't jive well. Um, she didn't like it. I didn't like it, um, yeah. especially in the beginning. There's too many things to juggle and try and figure out, along with the with the cover for me. So I ditched it pretty early on um, that aspect of trying to cover or put something over her. Um, there's a few instances where I did, you know, kind of try to go with that, and that was only for my comfort, um, sure. and not for anyone else's comfort. Um, And mostly that was just at work functions of my husband, because, you know, I felt a little weird having my husband's bosses (laughs) being seeing that too a little bit. So I did, you know, attempt to like kind of move to at least a private corner and not um, be quite as in the open with it um, at those functions. But that was really the only place where it was like, I felt I wanted to be a little bit more discreet. Otherwise, I'm kind of an open, (laughs) kind of an open book. Like this is
0: just as what's happening and it's what's natural. So, um, yeah, you bring up a good point. It doesn't really have to be one or the other. Like you don't have to be like, look at my boobs. I'm feeding my baby or like in the corner under a blanket. I mean, it really should be whatever you feel you want to do, you know?
1: Yeah. Like mm -hmm. your assessment of the situation, but it should always be the choice of the, of the mom, not somebody else who might feel uncomfortable about it sure. who's a stranger, at least in my opinion. Um, so yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of my public breastfeeding journey. <laughs> right.
0: Have you done anything different to prepare this time around for your second baby? Um, do you think you'll do anything differently, especially in the early, early time? I'm curious to know the second time around how you, how you're going to do things a little different.
1: Yeah. Um, So I think um, in all things with second babies, um, I have this vision in my head that things are just going to be exactly the same, which I know is not always the same. You know, two breastfeeding journeys can be completely different. Two babies can be completely different. Um, So I'm trying to kind of forcibly open my mind to things being slightly different. Um, So with my first, um, since I was able to be mostly at home with her, Um, I didn't have to use uh, really an electric pump for much. I did use a hand pump as well as a haka um, to have a little bit of a stash in my freezer for when I needed to go out. And my husband um, fed her with a bottle. Um, She did take a bottle um, and go back and forth pretty easily, but it was never really um, something we relied upon too much. Um, so this time, um, I busted out my electric pump, made sure it was still working, um, since I never had actually even used it, uh, made sure I still had the manual so I could figure out what all the settings mean, um, in case I needed it. Um, and then, you know, just made sure that the tools I was used to using my hand pump and my haka, and, um, those things were still in working order and <laughs> could still be used. Um, and then uh yeah just kind of getting the 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 products together that i that i liked using you know my nipple butters and yeah yeah all of those things um and last time what i had done is i had like a little diaper caddy with stuff in it that i kind of took with me wherever i went yeah um, <laughs> and so getting that stocked up um this time um I have most of it like right next to my bed since I realized, you know, it's mostly happening there for the first yep. <laughs> couple of weeks anyways. So I've, I've got like my little breastfeeding station set up right at my, um, at my bed. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of mostly it just making sure the things and the tools that I, that I might need are there. Um, I did, um, have nipple shields and, um, Um, Oh my gosh, uh, I'm blanking on the name, the collecting cups um, as well. Um, So like getting those set and ready, uh, making sure that I have um, the tools that I use if I get a clog or anything like that, which I never had to deal with before. Um, Thankfully, knock on wood, (laughs) Um, I was not um, challenged with those, Um, but making sure if I needed them that they were there um, and that I didn't have to wait Three to four days with Christmas shipping on Amazon for things to get there when you need them. So um, that's kind of the extent of what I've done um, with preparation this time.
0: Second time around, I love the little. A little caddy idea and just like all your breastfeeding stuff, because even if you're not using supplies, I can guarantee you've got like some nursing pads in there yep. and maybe a water bottle and, you know, your lanolin or your nipple butter or just like yep. you're going to have some little things. Yeah. And just having something be like, hey, partner, could you run and grab my breastfeeding Tote, yes, you know, is and things, so things for
1: mom too. Like I put my chapstick in there. Yeah. I've got a mm-hmm. few like Lara bars or little protein bars. Oh yes, um, I did that too. Emergency snacks in the middle of the night. Um, you know, even just little things for me because you know you just get you get stuck. Like <laughs> your couch or your bed just has an imprint of your tush for a few. Yes, weeks. <laughs> and um, having as it should,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: having your little essentials. Um, you know, backup water, whatever you need, having those right at your hand. I remember really, really, really appreciating. Um, My husband didn't quite get very much paternity leave that he was supposed to. So I was very quickly on my own. So I kind of had to um, make do with what I could and and have those things. I couldn't be like, Hey, someone give me some water. So I had to make sure I had like my little, my little pack, my little snack pack and my little, tools right next to me most of the time. So, um, cause you know, those hours just fly by and you realize I haven't moved an
0: inch. <laughs> yep. So, I remember. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned your, um, freezer stash. How much milk did you usually keep in the freezer? Just as you exclusively breastfed, you know, yep. so you're not bottle feeding. How much milk did you like to have in your stash?
1: So i kind of didn't really have a goal or any guidance. Um, In the beginning, I did pretty well um, overproducing. I mean, it's it is overproducing because it was extra beyond what my daughter needed. Um, So every day I had anywhere from probably three to six ounces extra on top um, to put away. Um, I didn't do it consistently. So I think I did it maybe for the first six months so um, this is an interesting story. So anyways, I had quite a few <laughs> ounces. Um, and like I said, I I was, my husband worked most of the time. So I didn't really have um, reason to use a ton of it. Okay. Um, but I did have a friend um, who um, was having trouble with her breastfeeding journey. So it actually happened before all of my milk expired. So I was actually able to give all of what I had, um, to her for her son. Um, wait, yeah. Um, I, I did a few donations, um, kind of a little bit earlier around six months. I donated a few kind of block Ziploc bags full of, um, the three ounce, um, storage bags. Um, so I did donate a little bit there. Um, and then I had probably like four or five of the big gallon Ziploc bags to give to her, um in the very beginning when she was uh, still working on on building her supply and those sorts of things um which is a big it's a big thing and I yeah. I didn't really think about the donation aspect um with my first I kind of you know I just there was something about the prepper in me I just wanted to have like a little stash just in case sure. if something happened if I got sick or something like that I wanted to make sure that she at least had breast milk for a little bit longer, um, if I couldn't um, be exclusively feeding her at the breast. Um, And that's actually something I'm thinking about this time is um, doing being able to um, build a little bit more of a stash being able to donate a little bit more to moms in need. Um, Because if it if the journey goes the same way, um, I think I can um, be someone who produces extra beyond what my daughter will need, um, and then be able to help other families and babies Oh,
0: that's so great so. that takes dedication and commitment too because not only are you feeding the baby you're expressing the extra and most of the time if you just don't express the extra I feel like it your milk just kind of regulates out and eventually yeah. you just make what your baby needs which is what your body is supposed to do so yeah but for someone who wants to to do what you're doing and you know first of all have a little stash you know to be a prepper there but then also willing to donate the extra um I think is a really cool goal and really cool thing to do if that's something you're able to
1: yeah that's kind of where I'm at it's like if I'm able to do it I want to I want to be able to contribute that much um as a as a family we're only having two so this is kind of my last opportunity to um to be able to do that and have that to offer someone else so um knock on wood, I'll be able to do that as well.
0: (laughs) Right. Oh, I love it. Okay. So I have just a couple more questions for you. Um, first I'd like to know kind of what the hardest part of breastfeeding was for you, maybe your least favorite part. And then I'd also like to know what the best part of breastfeeding was for you. So let's start with, with the hardest part or (laughs) maybe your least favorite.
1: (laughs) I think those two days were really rough. Um, the first two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, getting past those two days, um, you know, trying to work on latch, it's so much as a a balance of mom learning, baby learning, practice, um, just repetition, um, that, you know, having that Having your nipples, unfortunately, be raw and, and painful is not comfortable. It's not a fun experience. Um, you know, feeling lots of moms talk about it, you, you curl your toes up and you kind of squint your right. face yeah. and you grin and you you get through it um, is not the, the most fun experience. Um, also, another thing they don't tell new moms is, which is a great thing <laughs> in the end, <laughs> right? but um, is that breastfeeding actually uh Stimulates contractions of the uterus. So (laughs) um, really postpartum, you want your uterus kind of contracting so it can shrink back down to its normal, um, you know, fist shaped size instead of the size that it has grown to accommodate a baby. Um, So I remember just like, you know, the combination of the nipples still being really sensitive. And then all of a sudden you get all this cramping when you when baby starts actually you know nursing and and suckling, um, you know you're just sitting there kind of like in pain physically and your uterus is cramping and and you just are like this isn't what I thought it was gonna be, um, so yeah definitely those those first two days um, and you're waiting for your milk to still to come in as well too so that's another aspect on there so there's just a lot. Um, Right in the beginning, I think that makes it a little bit less pleasant. Um, But I always encourage the moms that I work with, like, just remember those first couple of days are definitely can be rough. um, and And it gets easier from there on out. Um, I think that the, the best experience is kind of rounding out that six month period and like looking at your child that you've completely grown from, (laughs) from your own Mm -hmm. breast milk and from your body. I mean, it happens in pregnancy, you grow them all from your body, but when you see it in front of you and you have it in front of your eyes, it's, it's kind of amazing. And, um, just like. Awe-inspiring, really. I, you know, I was in awe of myself for being able to do that, of being able to grow a healthy, um, beautiful child up to six months just exclusively from what I'm able to provide her um, from my from my body. So um, that was kind of that was a big milestone for me, even though it wasn't like where we were stopping. I just remember that aspect, and of course, I'm excited to introduce food and do all of those things as as well. But there's something that's just really um loving and and wonderful about that that moment when you've looked down and you're like wow i really did it <laughs> so i think it was like right about 6 months right before we started introducing foods that um i just had this this moment of like this is amazing i am so grateful and thankful that i was able to do this um the way that i had wanted or intended
0: it really is a really cool feeling to look at that little human like you said and They have only grown from me up until this point. You know, I I totally agree. Just having that tangible thing and um and meeting your goals too, you know. You hit six months and that wasn't where you planned on stopping and you kept going anyway, but just kind of celebrating those little milestones along the way, I think, is a really awesome way to just keep encouraging yourself and really just be appreciative for, you know, it doesn't not all moms breastfeed that want to. And I, so just being grateful. And I think that's great. Yeah. Is there anything that you would tell a new mom who's planning to breastfeed? And this is kind of where we'll end it today. But if you could just tell a new mom who's listening to this, maybe they're a little worried. Maybe they're just trying to get prepared. Maybe they're really excited. Can you think of anything that, that you would tell a new mom who's wanting to breastfeed? (laughs) probably
1: a million things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, could, I don't know if I can pick one, I can pick a couple. Right. No, um, great. yeah, I think, you know, the lessons I've learned from my story is just that, you know, it's, it's, um, get the help you need, <laughs> um, have that ready. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help, um, ever, um, get, get that help, um, and uh, don't quit on a bad day. And the beginning is is definitely rough, but in the end, it's always worth it. So
0: that's perfect. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, if you can make it through that first week, you <laughs> you should get like a gold star because uh, yes, it gets better. I promise. If yeah. you're in the first week, you can do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I definitely say that one a lot.
0: <laughs> you're right. Oh, me too. Uh, thank you so much, Alexis, for taking the time. I know you've got a toddler at home and I really appreciate you, um, chatting with us today.
1: Yeah, it's been really fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: I'm going to put a bunch of links to a few of the things you mentioned at the beginning. Um, I also kind of want to see that blog post you wrote on preparing. Breastfeeding and pregnancy. So if you don't mind, (laughs) we'll put that down too. That'd be great. Yeah. And you can find out more about what New Little Life um, and myself is doing over on my website, which is www.newlittlelife.com. And don't forget to leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. So thanks again, Alexis. We'll see you later. You're very welcome. Bye.